Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode 12 of the AI Comic Pod. We have finally arrived at the one that we've been waiting to do for months and months. We finally get to review Deadpool. I'm excited about it. Rory's very excited about it. I think he might even have wet himself a little bit. And I know for just, a, fact, just a little. Just a little bit. It's okay. Just a little. It's and all right. I think we both know that our returning guest, Mr. Chris, 433 Chris, he has also wet himself a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Many, um, many times. So, there's, there's, just, <laughs> so there's, just, there's just bodily fluids everywhere, which is what you clearly want for a review of such an incredibly f- just perfect film. I'm just going to say it's been perfect. I watched it three times, which for me is quite unheard of. Normally two's my limit. Rory only managed to watch it once. At the cinema, but, you know... In true Deadpool fashion, I found a way or means to, to watch yeah. it in various other guises. Wink, wink, wink. Which we won't say any more about, because there might be an Anfield Index legal team that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what Gags has got. He's probably got an army of lawyers in a cupboard somewhere. And at any he's second, he's got all sorts. Them. All sorts. Yeah. Well, the, the obvious thing to do then is, we, we've built this up so, so much. So we're just going to have to ask everyone to just hold back for just five minutes. We're just going to try something different today because we're not going to jump into the quiz. We don't think it's fair to do a quiz on a a film that's only been released a couple of months ago. So instead, we're going to do something a little bit... I know, I'm sorry. You wanted to get it. He's been literally prepping pages of notes, (laughs) pages and pages of notes. And in fairness... Learning all the lines. You did get four Yeah, you don't know half of it. So you, you, you did do pretty well. But we thought we'd do something a little bit different, so... There's been a lot going on in the in the last few weeks since we uh, since we recorded, so we thought we'd do a bit of a news section instead, just to give everyone a little bit of a a, a catch up on what's been happening lately. So we may as well start with the most important thing on everyone's minds: Civil War is out in just a couple of weeks. If you haven't got your tickets booked, I'm very disappointed in you, and I'm possibly going to come and throw bricks at your house. But 
as a result of that, Marvel seemed to be putting a huge amount of time and a huge amount of effort into Spider-Man now. So much so, they've pushed back the release of the Inhumans film, which was supposed to be 2019, because they're making room for at least one, maybe two Spider-Man films, which I, I said earlier on today on Twitter, I think that Civil War is going to be the thing that tips me back to being a Spider-Man fan, which I know Mar- Marco's in the same boat as me. See, I'm amazed by that because you are quite anti, you know, we, we've, we've discussed Superman on many occasions, but I think Spidey almost, almost topples that for you. So that's quite a, quite a surprise. I wouldn't say it topples it. Superman is pretty much my most loathed character. I think I, I, I've sort of, the, the, the water's been poisoned a little bit because of Tobey Maguire. I really don't like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. But that was a while really. back now, because Garfield was. did a, a slightly good job on what was two pretty terrible films, to be honest. I loved them. Or one, especially. I, I thought Amazing Spider-Man yes. was brilliant. The first one I thought was amazing. I really did. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid film. It's It's just, I don't know, once you watch it once, and then you kind of go back to it and think... Yeah, it's just the same. It's just, we we talked about this a lot. It's the same kind of style and genre, uh, and and same character and story over and over again. I think Tom Holland's really good casting. I think the early buzz about him having a much more prominent role in the Civil War film um, is really exciting because I thought uh, it'll just be a throwaway part. It'll probably yeah. have a couple of lines. Um, and and the the other news that's confirmed is that Avengers. Uh, characters are going to appear in the Spider-Man film, which for me is quite new territory because, you know, Deadpool we'll talk about is, is obviously, you know, in line with X-Men and that kind of, you know, is in that, in, in that 20th century Fox bubble. But I didn't think Sony and, and Disney Marvel would ever kind of reach an agreement in this really. I mean, Spider-Man's in it because they've still got the licensing rights, but it's great that they're managing to, see that it's mutually beneficial to both parties. Yeah. So, you know, Spider-Man's a big, big draw. It's going to come down to money. It's going to be luck. You know, Marvel will be sat at the table going, luck. you know that we're going to make an absolute shitload of money. If you let us have your character, you're going to get a cut of that shitload of money. And then we'll create buzz around Spider-Man. And then we'll lend you a couple of our characters. When you make a shitload of money, you give some of that to us. So we can dress yeah. up as whatever. We'd, you'd love it to be a case of, you know, they accept that Marvel can do the character better. But even if it comes down to money, at the end of the day, it doesn't affect us, does it? You know, the three of us here, we're all going to be made up. Whatever happens, yeah. everyone oh, yeah. who's listening is going to be happy. It will be interesting to see what they do with the villains, though, because apparently Sony wanted to keep, like, Venom and all these guys for their Sinister Six yeah. movie. Yeah. You can't really do a Spidey movie without his... Most known. No, and he's got he's got pretty known, well, incredibly known villains. You know, Spider Man's probably one of the and the the ones still supposedly happening. That the Sony is still apparently. If they do it right, it would be incredible because Venom's a great villain. It's just done wrong, especially Spider Man Three. He's my favorite Spider Man villain. Venom and Carnage. I've accepted that I'm never going to get Carnage because he's a he's a violent (laughs) psychopath. But Venom's doable. The suicide suicide. Sorry, the Sinister Six. Sorry, I was thinking about Suicide yeah. Squad. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Sinister Six tra- um, film is sort of... That's been benched, but that's kind of still yeah. on. 
just to yeah. mention the Suicide think, Squad. Yeah, uh, Suicide Squad's good segue, the, man. The, the, yeah. the, the, the second trailer well, that, that's come out today, I absolutely fucking love it. I really cannot wait. I know it, it's been getting a lot. We spoke about it months ago, and we were both saying that, oh, it's going to be so heavily uh, relying on Will Smith and um, the lovely, lovely Margot. But you know what? Yeah. From the trailers, it looks like it's working. It really does. I still couldn't care less about Jared Leto. I really couldn't. And I know, but I, I don't think it'll. Talk. I don't think it'll. Hopefully, primarily focus on him so much and Batman. Personally, I think it needs to focus on the other aspects of the squad. It does, but there's a lot more Batman than we thought. He looks like he's in it at least in two completely separate occasions. One where Harley oh, Quinn I think Harley. I think he will be. Yeah, and I think he will be. I've, I've read Harley that. Quinzel. So, well, if he is in it, it helps them like flesh out the universe, which they obviously yeah. want to do. And it looks like yeah. it's Ben Affleck as well, because the Batmobile that's in it now, it's more clearly seen as it looks like the one from Batman versus Superman. So, yeah, I've, I've been talking on Twitter a little bit. I think the big positive, and I, I always bang on about directors, but David Ayer is just awesome director. If anyone hasn't seen films like End of Watch and Fury and... Harsh Times, a really good Christian Bale film from quite a few years ago. Um, he's a really dark, kind of edgy director, does kind of psychological drama uh, really well, but it's kind of gritty and violent, and I think it's perfect for these films. I think he's going to step up, and it's going to be really good. I'm getting really excited about it. And it's drenched in humour. It looks very, very funny. Well, they've, they've gone back to reshoot some scenes because they wanted to add more humour. That's um, actually think- poo-poo. Oh, really? I think it was was either the director or one of the producers came out and said... Yeah, the the director. The the reshoots weren't to do with more humour. They wanted to put more stuff in. They were. They were. Well, that's fine. Yeah, seen. and I'm glad. I'm glad they do that. But it did sound. I think that the buzz of that came from the fact that um, Batman versus Superman had like one comical line, yeah, which it was, was fairly so comical. And that, and they, I think they need, especially in the film with Harley Quinn and the Joker, and that style needs a bit of an edge, you know, oh, a lighter yeah. edge at times. If, if, they, um, if they didn't, if it wasn't drenched in humour when you've got Harley Quinn, it's just going to be awful. It, it really is, and it looks like the. She's basically seems to be the not just the ringleader of the gang, but the comedy ringleader as well. Like she's the one that's setting everyone up for one-liners, and she's creating all these funny scenarios. And yeah, she'll be perfect. I think. I think it's. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be really, really good. Yeah. I think we could. There's a lot of other news, but they're the main two kind of stories for this kind of last only, couple of weeks. Only one more I've got to throw in that Marvel and Netflix look like, according to Charlie Cox, Mister Daredevil himself. They're starting mm. recording the Defenders at the end of this year, which I didn't think they would. I thought it was going to be next year. So this year we're going to get Luke Cage, and then presumably straight off the back of filming Luke Cage, they'll then go into the Defenders. Then they've also well, started working on Iron Fist, so I think we might even get uh, yeah. shows next year. I would imagine Iron Fist must have to come out surely before, surely before, he, because I, I want the four. Going be, he's going to be start of next year. Then I think we'll probably get Jessica Jones season two then it will be um, the Defenders at the end of the year. Yeah, I think Daredevil defender. Season 3 will be pushed back probably a year or so after it's that. It's got to be. Otherwise, yeah. they, 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 they can't introduce Daredevil and then go three seasons before they bring out the team. They just can't. Even though I'm probably going to cry about that because I really want another 
fix a daredevil. So but, do I. Know. If they announced that they were binning the whole Defenders project off and just doing more daredevil, I'd be happy with anything. <laughs> or are they doing the Punisher? That's the big one for me. Are it, they doing I the... thought it had been greenlit. Well, they have to. They have to. After setting up, they, yeah, there was just, news that it was sort of not in not in development as first thought, but after setting him up so well and the ending of the season, or season two. Uh, and he's just so good. He's the most, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to do this um, soon because I can't, you know, wait, you know, <laughs> six or eight weeks to review it because he was just, be he was so month. good. But he, he yeah. really was. And uh, the, John Burnthal as well, he, I, I saw, I, I'll, I'll move away from news in a minute very quickly. But he did yeah. this brilliant bit the other day where he was talking. He was on an evening show. It might have been the late show or one of those. He was on the yeah, he was yeah. And, and he said he walked into a comic store and he walked up to the desk with a bundle of Punisher comics. And the guy went, "Mate, you're not having those, right? You want this one, this one." And he referenced all of the major the Punisher storylines that he felt he needed. And he was like, "Yeah, the guy, you know, he, he did me a solid. He told me exactly what I needed." And it looks like he's just gone home and he's just absorbed everything and he became the Punisher. He became it, yeah. I think he's he was perfect, and I think it's probably the best piece of casting I I can think of in the last five years on on television. It's the best thing that Marvel Netflix has done by a mile, better than Charlie Cox. Oh, comfortably, yeah, yeah. Better than Kristen Ritter, better than all of them was him. And if he doesn't get his own show, it's going to be criminal. Well, I think I, I think it's more that he might have other opportunities as as well as that, you know, because he's he's done some big Hollywood films, but yeah, he's a, a kind of secondary role. And I think I think he wouldn't turn it down, but you know, I think he's probably going to have some big offers on the table soon. Yeah, well, yeah. that that perfectly leads us into the main topic of this evening. Speaking of uh, big does. money on the table, we've gone. We came into Deadpool expecting a good film. Some of us expected, or some of you expected, a great film, but nobody can have expected Deadpool to have pulled in the kind of numbers and broken the records that it has done. Admittedly, some of them have since been broken by Batman versus Superman, but that's a film with a £250 million budget that's been rammed down the throats and anuses of everyone in the whole world. £110 million marketing budget on top of that. Yeah, as well. and the budget for Deadpool, let's just put it in comparison, its budget was £58 million and its current global box office is 758 so it's made 700 million dollars profit that yeah. is and they they kept crazy. trying to reduce it's incredible and they kept trying to reduce the budget as well you know keep reading the scenes that they cut because of the the cost involved yeah. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> just the like they literally they wanted to scale it down because they were so nervous that it wouldn't it wouldn't succeed the way it has done, and it's just blown everything away. It's blown. I think it's blown the whole cinematic kind of universe, yeah, just out of the water. I it, think it's it's, it's changed the dynamics. It's made ripples not just in cinema, but certainly it's changed the comic book genre. It must have done because it's shown them that you can make a film, a good film that's true to the source material, that's entertaining for comic fans and just film goers without yeah. spending a quarter of a billion because Michelle, my, my girlfriend she's watched pretty much every superhero film ever made, She walk, normally when we walk out a film or when we've watched one at home she goes, yeah it was alright or yeah it was good this one, she loved it, she said that was my favourite by a mile it was more her thing because it was ruder, it was more violent it was a lot funnier than a lot of the other ones 
possibly she's basically a female you isn't she mate let's be honest yes she is <laughs> <laughs> so we may as well just start right back at the beginning we we have to start with chris because we wanted to get chris on for this because he's basically becoming continent with glee at, at deadpool as i think we all have we've all lost a little bit of our control so chris you clearly went and watched it straight away. Please talk us through your opening night. Yeah, yeah, it was opening night, definitely. Shelled out a couple hundred rands for us, probably nothing for you guys, to get tickets for the IMAX, and oh, I'm yes. so glad I did. It was this is this was a movie that I've been waiting for for a long time. And I mean, Deadpool is one of my favorite comic book characters, all-time favorite. Just he's so funny and witty and fucking violent. Yeah. And uh, I think Ryan Reynolds absolutely nailed it. I mean, I think this is one of the, the most accurate portrayals. You just said it there, like, most accurate portrayals of a comic book character that's possibly ever been done. I, I think it is. I, I would say it's, it's the most true reflection because they haven't had to tone no. anything down. And Ryan Reynolds has been doing this. What, what have we said in the past? It was something like 11 years in total that he's mm. been trying to get this up not just up and running yeah. but then try and get it actually released and made in the right way and it, it wouldn't I don't think a lot of actors would have put in the work that he did to get it made he clearly cared about this more than a lot of maybe even more than you know Chris Evans cares about Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. cares about Iron Man I think he cares about Deadpool as if it was his own child because to have yeah, put definitely. so much work in, and he, he really has cultivated this from, from an idea, from a storyboard, up to an absolute smash across the entire mm -hmm. world. And testament to that is that the film was shot in like 48 days or something crazy oh, like that. That's just mental. Yeah. How? how? It, was, it, was, it shot in, was it shot in Canada? Was it in Vancouver? Yeah, in Vancouver. In Vancouver, yeah. Because he, he's, a, he's a Canadian boy, isn't he? He's a Canadian, he is Canadian boy, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> Ryan and Deadpool are both Canadian. Of course, because they are one they also, Yeah, an interesting fact I came across when I was doing my research hastily yesterday. They are, Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool are the same age. They are the same height and weight. They were the same eye and hair color. <laughs> They're both Canadian and... Reynolds actually started acting in the same year Deadpool made his debut in 1991. Well, if that's not an omen, then I don't know what an omen yeah. is. <laughs> Clearly, he's I think when we say like Wade Wilson, yeah, I think he is as well. I think there's, uh, you know, the big thing with uh, with Reynolds, and, and I think we talked about it a few times before. He's his career's not been perfect. I mean, he, he's had a few kind of false starts. Uh, we yeah, Green Lantern disastrously <laughs> went wrong on, on just every level, and obviously this film references it oh, um, God. quite hilariously. We, um, will, we will cover that. Yeah, I think this is going to be the the biggest favourite line section that we've ever done because I've not got sort of a top three or a top five. I'm into like double figures on this one. So uh, yeah, I, I think this this <laughs> might be a bit of a record breaker for us. Deadpool can break another record. <laughs> It's it's just one of those films. I I can't you know when I watched it because I, I you know with I was I was really deep in with work and I was doing some projects outside of work and stuff. So I didn't get to watch it for about ten days, uh, and and everyone had seen it. Stuart probably seen it twice. I think I actually had. Yeah, I know. Um, 
<laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like I, I didn't know whether it would live up to the hype because when things become too overhyped, you're just concerned that it doesn't live up to expectations. And I thought oh, it's going to be funny, you know, and it's going to have good action in it and, and those kind of elements. But I was genuinely blown away by it. I I honestly couldn't believe what I was watching in terms of the style and the way it was shot um, and the comedy and all the extras. Like everyone in the film has a great role in it. And the script is really, really tight. Um, and that's, I mean, a lot of it's down to Reynolds. Look, he's, he's star of the show. He delivers lines as as good as nearly anyone. And he's, he isn't a comedy actor as such, but he's got a very strong kind of comedic background. But He's got incredibly um, good comedy timing as well. His timing yeah, it's is perfect. faultless. Yeah, and he just, he delivers every single line perfectly. But it just, the way it's cut and the way it kind of jumps in its timeline, but it does it so yeah. perfectly, you know, it, it really does. And you're thinking, oh, Christ, it's just going to be him as Deadpool and there'll be a five-minute backstory of how it happened. But then actually it cuts straight back to when he's, you know, meeting his girlfriend at the time and all that story, which is great. And I just didn't, I didn't expect it to have, I mean, people are saying it's still light on story, which it, which it is, but it's still got much more than I thought it would do. I just thought it was going to be a bit of a comedy with some action thrown in and some limbs cut off and the rest of it, but nothing like what I saw. <laughs> There's not a lot that I can add to that. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool as far as I'm concerned. Every single person in it. I mean, they managed to make a convincing screen villain of Ajax who is pretty crap. Uh, as far as villains go in, in superhero films alone, he's pretty rubbish. Yeah. But Ed's screen oh, yeah. is very, very good. Again, he was dry, but he had, he was quite funny. Of course, they went for a Brit. It would, of course, it would, of course <laughs> be a British villain. But he was good. And then some of the... TJ Miller, I'm pretty sure, Rory, you've said in the past that you're quite a fan of TJ Miller. Yes. I, I've only yeah. ever seen him in one thing. I've only ever seen him in Silicon Valley that I can remember, and he was brilliant in that. And Gina yeah, Carano he was brilliant was a, in that. was a bit of a weird one. I mean, I, I think this might be her first acting role, and I know she didn't really, she didn't really say much, but her fight scene with Colossus no. was fucking brilliant. Yeah, it Throwing was. It like was. She rifle. basically had no lines at all, but but that's fine. You know, she looked the part and she played the part really well. And she was um, just the muscle, wasn't she? She wasn't supposed yeah. to be the, uh, the, the chatty sidekick. She was just the, uh, the ball buster. And she is a ball buster at that. Oh, Jesus, is she scary. You no. really wouldn't. What about, what about Morena? Morena Baccarin. 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 Well, um, she's got a bit of background. She's in Gotham, isn't she? She's not just in Gotham. She's actually just had... Uh, I forget the guy that plays Jim Gordon. They're engaged, and she's just had his baby. Oh, I've got a word. So she's, she's spoilers. Active. There can't be many people who are active in both universes at the same time. But she, of course, has got the cult background from um, from Firefly. Is she in the Flash? Um, no. It says that she is. Is she? <laughs> yeah. That's a new one on me. Yeah. I'll find out what she is. But, um, she, she also played Talia al Ghul in Son of Batman and Batman Bad Blood, the animated movies yes, for DC. Who's Gideon? Who's Gideon? Oh, Gideon is, yeah, Gideon is the, um, is the computer. Ah, she plays the computer uh, in oh, Flash. <laughs> no, I know, but it's, yeah. I was like, she's been in the eight episodes. How the hell has she been in the eight episodes? Yeah, and we didn't she, know. She's Harrison Wells' <laughs> computer in his little hidden room. 
Yeah, but she's hot as hell in this film. She and, is. You know, they make a great coffee. They do your your crazy fits my crazy. Oh, really, really good. I love the bar scene. Oh, when they first meet, where they do they do that the uh, the piss take of the the famous Monty Python sketch, where they're just trying to one up each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then- I love the I love the bar scene. I do love it when they first arrive at that bar because it's just it's just the perfect kind of it's the perfect kind of stage throughout that's because it's obviously in the film quite a lot um and yeah it's it's a great kind of scene when they first meet and and they go on their first date for how much does he say how much can oh i think he gets 275 dollars and he gets something like yeah. 47 minutes or something of her time 48 yeah oh you bastard <laughs> <laughs> he really did research it yeah it, it is it's a good meeting and then they go off and they do the um the seasons thing, which I'll, I'll do the seasons. Men who are listening to this, if I just say International Women's Day, I guarantee you've all just clenched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that whole that whole sequence. I mean that that was very early on, and that very much sets the tone, doesn't it? So when, yeah, it by does. the time you get to Christmas and he's pulling a ring out of his arse, you know you, you've pretty much <laughs> hit the, the the comedy level, haven't you? Where nothing's off limits. You've seen him getting bummed by a gorgeous lady with a strap on. You've seen him going down on a wearing vampire teeth. And then it's he's just, got a ring up his It's arm. just nothing is off limits. And I think that's what's so great about it. I watched <laughs> it and I was like, they're not pulling any punches no. at all. Like, no, no punches at all. Well, you first um, realise that when you see the, the intro credits where it's like some douchebags full. Yeah. Starring yeah. God's perfect idiot. Th- those credits. <laughs> that whole sequence, yeah. When I watched, I th- the third time I watched it was, I think it was the, no, the, the second time was with Michelle. And I kept saying, so I, whenever anything came up, I just sort of sat giggling, looking at her, waiting for her to giggle at it. <laughs> like when, when they've got the other... It's really bad that I know the third time, the way you watched it in the third time, isn't it? That's a really yes. bad sign of our relationship. Because yeah. Stop calling it a relationship. It's getting... <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough that I referred to you as my Rory a couple of weeks ago. I know. Yeah. It's happening. Sorry, listeners. There's something very, very strange happening here. And you're all pretty. It's Deadpool. It. It's just Deadpool. What it just makes everyone giddy, you know? Yeah. What a story. It, it, it really was perfect. Ed Screen, TJ Miller, Gina Carano. We've got to take our hats off to Blind Al, played by Leslie Uggams. Blind oh. Al is, uh, from what I believe, I mean, Chris, you, you must be able to, to put a lot more padding on this. I, I've not really read a lot of Deadpool, but I believe Blind Al is his constant sort of companion and sort of life partner I suppose yeah he basically moves in with her when he this whole thing happens to him and in the early comics it was Blind Al and Weasel who were like his two mates yeah. basically and, and she's I nearly said she's seen a lot of really weird shit but clearly she <laughs> but she, she's certainly been around it I mean all the stuff with the unicorn and his little tiny hand and he yeah. oh I bet it's going to feel huge with this hand and oh <laughs> god it's yeah well works. from it, From what I can remember in the, the comics book, she was actually badass. Like, she could take care of herself. Yeah, I did, I did a bit of reading about her. Apparently, she, she used to work either with or for British intelligence. So she, yeah. she's got her own background that spans decades. And then all of a sudden, she just finds out, you know, she's blind. She, she ends up shacked up with this hilarious <laughs> psychopath who's a serial masturbator and has got a thing for unicorns. 
I just, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 that, only... the baby hand, the baby hand scene. Oh, I've God. never heard the cinema explode with laughter yeah. more in my life. I cried. I bet it was huge in this hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe that. I was just like, this is new level stuff. All, this is, all, three, you know... all three viewings, I cried at the exact same points. And that was certainly <laughs> one of them because I will never find things like that anything other than hilarious. And if I ever do, I want to be locked up because I've officially it, lost it. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's because of the delivery though. Do you know what I mean? You can't get away from how well all the lines just feel quite natural. And yeah. I know it's not ad libbed, I know it's scripted, but you've got to think there's elements where Reynolds is just. He's just in his element, isn't he? He's yeah. such a big kid. And I think he must have been involved in the writing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did formally write it, but they didn't sort of pitch an idea to him and say, right, you get home, you're missing the hand, it's you and Blind Al in the living room. What would you say? Because he knows Deadpool inside and out. He knows what the character would do, how he would yeah. say it. Um, the, I think the only other, the only other, Casting bits that we haven't really touched is the uh, the only two X Men that apparently he could afford to, to, <laughs> to quote the film. Um, I was I've never heard of Negasonic Teenage Warhead in my life, but she That's is already. Name. I think she forms maybe three or four of my favourite lines from it. The back and forth between her and Deadpool is absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's I just you were so old. Yeah. Oh, ouch! Hilarious laugh masks, real pain. <laughs> I, I just love that he keeps referring to it as like Sinead what was it 90s Sinead O'Connor <laughs> yeah. it's just just got me that absolutely got me in stitches because I think a lot of younger audience um, wouldn't remotely get that reference so yeah. I kind of like it when there's references in there that you're like yeah that's just absolutely got me in stitches um, yeah uh, she was good. His accent is terrible, though, Colossus. Yeah. I, and he's actually, I think he's actually Ukrainian or Russian, but it's just the most modern delivery, uh, you know, and I steal, but it's terrible, terrible, terrible for me. I'm um, not letting he, that line go. You did not just say that. Ah, oh, shut up. No, no, <laughs> no, that's awful. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not comic pod, like, negative points, and you've just got, like, a minus brownie point for that. That's Mate, this, this, you've already had plenty oh, on God, your, your scorecard. Don't. <laughs> I'm dragging you down, really, though. I'm going to um, Chris's little thing. Uh, interesting point about Colossus. He was actually, I think it was something like five people were, were used to make Colossus. There was one for the voice. There was yeah. the one guy on set who was walking around wearing something like six-inch platform boots, and then he had a massive fake head on top of him as well because Colossus is something like about seven and a half foot tall but then they used different people to make the face and then they had someone else to get the muscle tone and all the different layers so that <laughs> the, the, the shadow and so that when he the bit there's a really good bit where he's fighting with uh, with Angel Dust when she wraps the cable around his neck and you can see the metal sort of crinkling all yeah. the texturing and the layering that went into it so I do think the effects, the effects team on such a limited budget did a hell of a job in this film. He must because... have made up at least, what, about a quarter to a third of the budget to make a guy who's always metal. That was one thing yeah. I actually thought was strange. That it, 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 You get some funny dynamics of it, like the bit where they see him at home and he's sat 
at the mansion watching the TV and he's eating with a little tiny spoon in his giant oh, massive nice. hand. <laughs> but I think based on what they wanted, the, the, sorry, the guy that played Colossus in the X-Men films wanted to play it in this, but the studio didn't want him. So I think they couldn't find somebody who looked like Colossus. In no, didn't he decline mode. it? Sorry. Oh, is it the other way around? Yeah. yeah I think he declined ah, the role. Okay. My bad. Sorry, folks. No, but that might well be it. It's point for me. (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of it, isn't it? It's like these kind of films are a risk. So until he probably got the script off the ground and, and, you know, the casting must have been a bit like, yeah, do I fancy doing this or not? Because like we said before, these films are a risk if they go wrong. And this film had had a lot of reasons it could have gone wrong if it was in the wrong hands. Um, pretty much like the Green Lantern, because if you if you look at the Green Lantern's backstory, he wanted um, Bradley Cooper, the director, and as soon as he got Ryan Reynolds, he didn't want to work with him, and he just yeah. kept you know retake after retake and critiquing every part of his performance. I was reading and the whole... about that a while ago, and they they really didn't get on. He was constantly criticising Ryan Reynolds, yeah. that he was wooden and he was awful. But then Reynolds yeah. was criticising the way he's shooting, saying he doesn't know what he's doing and he's not capturing. And when you see things like that, it's no surprise that the film was a massive, massive flop because yeah. it's never going to happen. I mean, it, that, that sort of segues nicely into your favourite section, the directors. I mean, that must have been the biggest risk, attaching a director who's never done a film before. He's come no. from a background of graphics and design and he's done credits and, and stuff like that, but... To attach a risky film to a brand new director is pretty incredible, and and Tim Miller did yeah. a fantastic job, and his stock must have gone through the roof now off the back of this. He must be getting some some good sort of chatter around him in Hollywood. Yeah, he's won a, he won an Academy Award for a, a, an animated short film, which which does give you a little bit of credentials because actually over the years a lot of the kind of directors that start in that path end up doing go on to kind of go greater things and it does open some doors to them. But, you know, he's a visuals guy. So he worked on Scott Pilgrim. He's worked on various kind of um, video game franchises, Mass Effect franchise and the Star Wars games and stuff. Yeah. So he's he's got a good background in visuals, which I think you can see because it needed that. But I, I can't imagine it was that hard to direct, say, Ryan Reynolds in this film because the actor's in this and he's probably so contagious on set. I bet he's an absolute nightmare on set, to be honest. He probably doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> he probably I, I, just jokes after joke. I, after I don't joke. think he's got an off switch. And he, he, I no. think he spent most of his time on set in his outfit as well. So I reckon he's one of those who's going to have stayed in character. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he is that character. That's the thing. Basically, you, yeah. You know, if you see him interviewed as himself, he's he's got that that timing about him. He's waiting to crack the line. So it's just kind of, it is the perfect film for him. But yeah, you've got to give it to the director because, you know, first directorial debut on a, on a big screen. And he absolutely nailed it. It's it's And it's not... It's quite short for a comic book film, and I think it's just perfectly timed. You know, yeah. you look at these films now, and Batman versus Superman was pushing well over two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, it was, it was uh, two forty, and I think it. I think the same is going to be for Civil War. Films like Batman versus Superman, which are, are well over two and a half hours, um, Civil War is going to be the same. I'm sure Suicide Squad will be pushing well over two, and this film's like one hour forty eight minutes, and it's you know it's not far off a classic kind of ninety minute, hundred minute action film and and it 
it feels the right length for a film. There's no, uh, you know, it's trimmed all the fat away. And I'm sure with a bigger budget, they would have pushed in more fight scenes and more this and that and made it just bigger and larger, but it didn't need any of that. And that's why it was such a good film, really. And that's why it's so well directed and edited. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good time for us to have a little break. So just stay where you are, folks. We'll be back with you shortly. You're listening to... The Unfield Index. The Unfield Index. Podcast channel. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, and we're back from our break. Thank you for sitting so patiently and politely. Uh, before we push on, I've just found something. Uh, we're always researching before we do these pods, and we also like to research while we're doing them. Apparently, according to Tim Miller, Ed Screen slash Scrine, however you say his name, did 80% of his own stunts, with stunt mm. doubles only used for a lot of his the rigged stuff. Yeah. Which, that, that's quite impressive. So, I mean, he must be in pretty good shape if he's done, because he has a lot of sort of hand-to-hand combat stuff, didn't he? And it's obviously yeah, he hard, did have some good harder for him because he's not got a mask on. So, and and he's not little things like he's not even got hair, so you can't even have like a sort of sideways shot where his face is obscured by long hair. Like you can. I think I, re- I read that he was desperate to do it as well. You know, I think he's a massive comic book geek. He is. Yeah, yeah I've I've heard that about him as well. He's. They always seem to dig them up. I, I don't know how they do it, but. How many times do you get people where they don't just say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a massive comic fan, but then they can back it up and they can really show that they have got the chops and they really... It's got to be in stuff. casting, you know. It's got to be in casting and screenings and stuff because I think, obviously, you know, you do get multiple actors going for multiple roles and, yeah. and these big films, obviously not this because it was always Reynolds' baby, but a lot of the bigger films, they, they always have a, a big kind of long list of who the director wants and who the producer wants and who the producer knows and, and who they've worked with in the past. And obviously when they come to the screening of it and the screen test, it's just, it must be all on the day. And if someone shows that kind of level of intelligence about the, the genre, it seems to make all the difference because we always talk on this and, and it seems so regular, doesn't it? That all these actors get these roles because they're interested in the, in the comics or interested yeah. in the background. And it, it really does help. I mean, it, it, Obviously, none of us, and I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of us have ever had a Hollywood casting. I don't know, Chris, have you ever, did you ever sort of try and make your name in Tinseltown? 
Nah, mate. No, I think I think Chris's dog was in Game of Thrones for a brief period of time. But... <laughs> that, yeah, not... one of the dialogues, yeah. yeah. Yeah, big big shout out to uh, Max. But the, yes. the, the, it must be for something like this. You'd imagine the, these must need a slightly different level of casting. It can't just be a case of you come in, you read lines, you get a callback, you read some more lines, and you get the part. The it can't, like you've just said, it can't be a coincidence that all of these films are now littered with at least three quarters of the cast have read comics since they were a kid, love the films, love the TV shows. So there must be a part where they say, right, okay, well, you've just read for the part of Ajax. Do you know anything about him? And then he goes, right, well, I do actually, because I've read Marvel comics since I was a lad. And I, you know, my favorite storyline was this, and I especially loved this bit. And their eyes must just light up thinking, we've got another one. And then presumably Ryan Reynolds must have been involved in a lot of the casting. Because if this has been his baby and this has been his project, he must have had some kind of a say in, in what's happened. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, I think it's quite rare in, in modern film that an actor is so kind of heavily involved in a film. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that's, that's really part of what makes a difference in this film is it's not just his performance, but it's his, his kind of his, his pushing of it in terms of marketing and the strategy and the fact that if you see him interviewed for the film, he genuinely obviously enjoying talking about it. There's occasions where you see people being kind of questioned about the film and they say, yeah, director or yeah, this or yeah, that work with this actor. They don't ever really enthuse about it. And obviously some like him, it just makes all the difference because it's something he wanted to do, something he's very proud of. And, and that really does show, it really does make all the difference here. And it must be quite rare. He, I think he's done more promo as the character than he did as himself because he did a lot of viral stuff, didn't he? I mean, my favourite one is still the Mario, uh, the Mario Lopez, I nearly said Mario Slater, um, <laughs> piece that he did where he appeared behind him and he, he tried to beat him to death. You know, th- those little things, it was, only like, it was only like a 20-second <laughs> segment, but that was that was more than enough for me. And just to go back to what Chris said before, you are right, the role of Colossus was offered to Daniel Cudmore, and he turned mm-hmm. it down. His arse must be in pieces now, because he must have kicked himself repeatedly <laughs> for months over turning You'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so, because I think it's the kind of film that, I think it has got, it's not perfect. And I think, I know it took us all by surprise, but it's, it's a good film that isn't perfect because it does, it wouldn't suit it. Do you know what I mean? It needs to have like the X-Men aspect of it is probably the only part that lets it down a little bit, in my opinion. But, you know, then again, you know, it's a film made on such a tiny budget and with a new director and, and all the rest of it, it was always going to be like that. You can't expect perfection. I think that's why it's so good. And I think the big shock for me is that they're already pushing a, a sequel, like, soon, by the sound of it. Yeah, I think we, we might even get the sequel by next year. They they want yeah, well, to. If, it, if they get the scripts, they want to you know, try and film it late this year, but I, I highly doubt it, but you that, never that's know. That's crazy. But let's be honest, they probably already have scripts going. Oh, yeah. They, they, they must Because the... yeah. you, you don't look, you don't want to pass up um, the, yeah. the momentum of this. Do You You want to strike while the iron's hot. And if, if as yeah. you said before, Chris, if they got this done in under two months, I mean, that's insane. That, and yeah. th- there's not... Was it 48 days shooting, did you say? That... Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That yeah. is, they they could 
if they did the script over the summer, I mean, a lot of the cast are still going to be involved, aren't they? You're still going to have, presumably it's still going to be Wade, Vanessa. You're then still going to have Weasel, Blind Al. I would be surprised if they changed the X-Men component too much. I hope they keep Negasonic Teenage Warhead in. Because she was a good foil <laughs> for Deadpool. No, she was good. Yeah, she was good. They, they, they've got to expand it a little bit. We already know that Cable's going to be in it, and Chris, you can probably offer a shitload more than me on on Deadpool and Cable's relationship. So I'm not even going to try. I I think you should just talk us through a bit of that. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited for that. I cannot wait because. Uh, You've obviously heard of Cable and Deadpool, the comic book series. Yeah. And for me, that is one of the best runs of a comic book. It's probably the only complete run I've ever read. And it was fucking amazing. Like, they have such a good relationship. Like, it's almost, almost like love-hate. Like, Cable can't, really can't stand Deadpool, but they get along so well. And they actually make a good team in the end. And, of course, I don't know how much you know about Cable. His uh, name is Nathan Summers. Oh, I... Scott I Summers' son. I know bits. Let me right. Let me see if I've got this right. His dad okay. is Cyclops, and his mum is a clone of Jean Grey. Yeah. And when he's born, he's got some kind of a virus, and the only way to cure him is he gets taken to the future. Yeah, and then obviously he comes back, time traveling and whatnot, to save the mutants. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, he actually he's most commonly associated with the X Force, which is a movie. Ryan Reynolds really wants to do as well. Yeah, which that, yeah. that's gaining some serious traction as well. I think it's fair to say Deadpool has opened the door for Deadpool 2. And I think if Deadpool 2 goes well, it looks like X-Force is going to be the next one. And that X-Force oh. is going to have to be another R-rated one because they that's some violent shit as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I've done a little bit yeah. of research about X-Force. As everyone knows, I'm not the most... Marvel comic person in the world, but I've I've done some reading up about the characters that we could see in there. I mean, the obvious one that people would like to see would be Wolverine, but I don't think we would see another Wolverine. I, I'm hopeful that we're going to see Wolverine retired once um, once Whatever, yeah. Jackman calls it a day. Well, what they have to do, what they have to do, please God, is get Wolverine in Deadpool two as well, just a cameo, just yes, something. Yeah, it, 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 I, I want to see him retired, but they, the back and forth between those two would be brilliant. It, it really, really would. And seeing as we've mentioned Deadpool and we've mentioned that, I've got to go straight into one of my favourite lines when he sat on top of the bridge and he goes, I know, you're probably thinking, whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I can't <laughs> tell you his name, but it rhymes with Pulverine. And let me tell you, he's got a nice pair of smooth criminals down under. I'm sorry, that was the shit and stuff. <laughs> it normally... slowly went. It slowly went from your normal accent into a really dodgy Australian yeah. accent. I'm, I'm normally quite impressed. really good. I'm normally really good. What I'll do is, if I can suddenly get my Australian accent back, I'll record it and put it on Twitter. I'm actually. I'm, getting, I'm, giving I'm, having, another, I'm having another minus point for that one. Uh, the, the Negasonic ones. They're some of the best lines, like we said. Ripley from Alien 3 is the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I do. I love the, the, the piss taken out of the X-Men stuff as well in the house. Um, cause he says, 
us and like wow this is such a big house um but they only ever see the two of you in here yeah. it's like the studio didn't have enough money for all of the x-men or and something like that it's, along just... the lines of it, it's almost getting... as if the studio couldn't afford another x-men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it keeps getting blown up every few years and um, colossus says you can come talk with professor xavier and he goes what mcavoy or stewart these timelines oh, are so confusing i love that <laughs> i love that they're so yeah, it's great that it's just open and honest with the fact that these things do go on, do you know what I mean? And it just doesn't hide any of that at all. And I think my favourite one, it's one single word and it's just drive-by. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love it. Hashtag drive-by. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't. And oh, A good I'm, fart joke never goes amiss. I'm just thinking of him now. All dinosaurs feared the T-Rex. <laughs> When he's broken his hands, oh, oh. I'm actually. Crying. That's the thing. The lines in it are just brilliant. I love the the signs, the lines between Weasel and and Wade when he you know shows his true face. Oh, like a um, testicle with teeth. Like a testicle. Yeah, you look like, <laughs> like Freddy Krueger face fucked old... a topographical map of Utah. Like an, like an avocado had sex with an older, more disgusting avocado. But then yet, I forget if it was in the outtakes or something where he says. And their relationship was damaged. This was like hate fucking. Oh, that's in the film, actually. Oh, God. That, and that <laughs> one as well, that was all ad-libbed, I believe. That was a lot of it. They just sat those two uh, down and they just yeah. I, I think you can tell between those two. I think that, and I think he does provide a good kind of, uh, I don't know, he's, he's the de facto kind of um, sidekick, isn't he? And I think it's it's great in, in, the, in the bar scenes with his lines and stuff. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. There's that one where Ajax and uh, Angel does come by and then he, when they leave, it's like, enjoy your midnight showing of Blade 2. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that one, the first, the first and second time I watched it, that one completely passed me by. It was only the third time I went, shit, he was in that. Yeah. <laughs> I completely missed it. But go on, uh, I've got I've got to try and do it. One scene. What's your favourite one scene? And I'm getting in first, and I'm saying mine is Colossus and Deadpool on the bridge. Go on, let's do <laughs> Rory first. Oh jeez, you just taken mine, so I'm gonna have to think of uh, another one. Okay. Um, okay. While you think, Chris, favourite yeah. scene. I love that one where it's like where he's, where they're going to a flashback, and he's saying like one colossal fuck up, and then they show the little. The little minifigure of his the former oh, the Deadpool they did in X Men Origins, yeah. and then as they show, it's like my most prized possession. Yeah, and then he picks it up and then shows the Wham album behind it. That was quite. <laughs> I I think yeah. it's the scene um, with Blind Owl in the house. To be honest, there's so many jokes in that that scene in that like two minute scene that I was just I was just falling off my seat, almost laughing. It was hilarious. Oh, I've just thought of another line as well. Love is blind, Wade. No, you're blind. Oh, God. <laughs> I laughed at that and I went, oh, God, no, you can't laugh. Oh, you've got to laugh. <laughs> There's so many scenes you can't laugh. The other one for me, um, when he's in the bar with the guy who's trying to recruit him, I can't remember who he's called, but Chris... He's just, he doesn't have a... Smith. He's just a recruiter. 
Oh, that's what his name is, the recruiter, yeah. Um, and he's basically joking about him parking or, or he's too close to a school. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're in that's... the 500 yards of a school, so you should probably, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was just, it was just hilarious because it just uh, he just pulls absolutely no punches. I love yeah. that line, yeah. The whole but, uh, thing, the whole thing on the bridge. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely crying, laughing, just thinking about it. I want to see it again. I hope there's a, there's going to be a, a rip of it online soon that I can watch. Um, I until, just, until a watch one box set comes, out. <laughs> I, I am going to buy it on on Blu-ray, but I want it to. Be oh, hundred percent. Of course, this is a must-own one. I love. Uh, I also love all the scenes where he's like, "Say my name," and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to spell it out for you." Oh God! And then he puts the box Francis. down on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Francis. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I like the, the, the torture scenes where he's keeping his humour, but he's, he he plays it so well because he looks in complete pain and agony, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's it's There's yeah. one bit in that that was truly harrowing. The bit where he's already changed and he pulls yeah. out the tube, and then he says, "I'm going to put you back in for the weekend, not because I want to, but because I can." Or sorry, not because I have to, but because I want to. And he has this wet, wet-eyed look, and that's real. No, I mean, the, the whole thing is hilarious. But that there's like a five-second bit, and you go, "Oh my god!" It, that that's yeah, very, nice. very touching. But the, the the whole, even in even in there, like you say, the way he keeps his he keeps his humor, and then the naked fight scene, where I'm pretty sure you see a little bit of cock. There's a bit. <laughs> well, I've, I've actually I've actually just read. Just got incidentally on the, the Deadpool page about that, and I was added in CGI afterwards because I I was gonna say like a bit too much Reynolds penis in there for me, but yeah, it was added afterwards because it looked too weird without. I think him. you saw pretty much everything you wanted to see in the film if you're a Ryan Reynolds fan, to be honest, because <laughs> yeah. the guy is basically almost walking around naked the entire scene in the in their flat together. Do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. The guy's in incredible shape, let's put it that way. Yeah, oh, right up Main Street. Oh, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't stop, you big chrome cock gobbler. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool, language. Oh, suck a cock. <laughs> oh, and I Are you heard... going to get killed by the Zamboni? Yeah. And then also, <laughs> yeah. just a picture of Zamboni guy and on his on his board where he's like mocking them all off. Yeah. Oh, God, I read something or I heard something about a couple of scenes that they had to cut out. And you know when he says to Colossus, tell Beast to quit shitting on my lawn? Supposedly, yeah. they actually planned out a scene. They were going to have Nicholas Holt <laughs> as Beast <laughs> on the lawn and Deadpool was going to come out the house like chasing him away or something. He was going to run away, but they had to cut that it that would have been thing so is, funny. Nicholas Holt was game as anything, but he couldn't oh, because oh, of his recording schedule for pity. Apocalypse. That, that guy is so busy, you know. That Nicholas Holt is such a busy actor. Yeah, I was reading he's, something about him before. He's now doing some kind of a massive action film as well. There's something to be said for him in, in future kind of comic book roles as well, I think. I think he might have a... Because he's got a bit of comic timing, but I think he he might still he might come quite big in the future as well. He's a he's a good actor. I hope so. He, he's done very well for himself. For, for, when you think what he started out as, and now he's yeah, going to what is he's, he's in he's in Mad Max, you know. Well, I am going to watch it. <laughs> I am right. You know what? I actually tried to watch it on Tuesday, but I couldn't. I genuinely of course couldn't. you couldn't. I couldn't. Where? 
<laughs> it's a crime for me. <laughs> it, reeks, oh, it reeks like you want to wear pants. <laughs> well, I am an old lady, and I wear pants. Oh my god! <laughs> this pod's taking a strange turn. Um, <laughs> we, we've done favorite scenes. We've done favorite lines. We've done yeah. director. We've done the X Men. We've done scenes. We've done pretty much everything. It's one of those films. It's because it's not. It's not that full of content in the sense that, like, we're used to films now being two and a half hours long, yeah. and it's like an hour and forty and a bit. It's like it's that's why it's such a good film that you could watch. It's one of those films I'll probably watch a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's because there's films that you're like, oh, I don't think I've got three hours to sit down and watch a film right now. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I can, you can pretty much squeeze a, an hour and thirty f- film. They're about in pretty much whenever you want. So, and you yeah. don't have to watch Deadpool in its entirety. You can just watch pieces of it and get good entertainment out of it, and then go about your day. Yeah, yeah. true. And it's I think thing. it's one of those movies, uh, Stu, like you said earlier, where you didn't get the the Blade Two thing. So like, I think if you watch it over and over again, each time you'll get a different joke that you didn't get before. You definitely oh, do. Like, uh, yeah, and you watch it. I, the, the first time I was just blown away by just everything. The second time was more. I was trying to concentrate. To be honest, I was yeah, trying to concentrate on the on Easter that. eggs and little things in the background that I didn't spot. And then the third time, it was just you know what. I want to remember as many of these lines for when we record mm. as humanly possible. So it, it, um, it certainly... It's I, probably I got the most all, lines of any film I've ever seen as yeah. well. It's got the most one-liners I can think of. I mean, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of the other films you sort of go, well, you know, you can think of two or three. I can honestly, I could reel off about another 15 or 20 here. And they're all... <laughs> and that's just, probably not even all of them. Yeah, and they're just burned in my brain because they were so yeah. good and it just resonated with me so much. It, it you just everything. want people to like insult you in the street, don't you? So you can just throw off so Deadpool and Gobbler. <laughs> yeah, Big Crumb Cock Gobbler is definitely up there. It, it's a two hundred pound sack of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it really has taken swear into a whole new dimension. Yeah, and the, uh, there was a lot. There was something else. The uh, the little post credit scene as well. The first, I think it was just uh, the first time, I didn't even recognise it as being from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller, yeah. <laughs> never even, never even re- uh, recognised it because I was too busy concentrating, thinking, right, yeah. something might happen in the background, what's it going to be? But as far as those things go, they're normally a little bit, they're normally quite subliminal, aren't they? But this was like yeah. right there in your face. Oh, yeah, we're making one <laughs> and it's going to have it's going to have cable in it. No fucking about. And, and, and then that's what the film is. is. Yeah, no, no bullshit. Do you know what I mean? The, the film is what yeah. it is, and it's really proud of what it is, and that's why I think everyone loves it so much. Because, you know, although the marketing would <laughs> maybe deceive a few people into thinking it's a rom com, oh, um, which really, was genius. It really was absolute genius. And that's the thing. I think we haven't really talked about the marketing, but this film, along with the way we're all enjoying Captain America being marketed this evening. It's just much more subtle and clever and intelligent with its marketing than, than the kind of hundred million budget in your face kind yeah. of stuff. And that's and what like, makes the difference. You know, this film did well opening weekend, exceptionally well. And then 
everyone told their friends and then everyone talked online and everyone told their friends and then Stuart went to see it with all his friends, yeah. took his mum and dad, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, you take, you know, it's that kind of approach where, you know, Batman versus Superman is, is slowing drastically down because everyone went to see it in the first you know week or two and then everyone's going, well, I don't want to go see it again or I don't want to tell my mates about that because it was... Some people loved it, some people hated it, but, you know, it, it's not like this, which is pretty universally adored, do you know what I mean? I, I don't think I've heard anyone with a bad word to say about this film. No, film's. I've not, and I, I've seen a lot of people who were speaking to my boss in work about it, her and her husband went to watch it, and I don't think they're especially sold on um, on, on comic book films in general, but they both loved it, and her favourite bit was she keeps winding up her husband a bit right at the end in the credits where you've got little cartoon Deadpool and he starts stroking mm. the unicorn's um, horn and oh, then yeah. the rainbow <laughs> spooge out the end of it. And, um, I've, I've just done a little bit of reading up just thinking about um, X-Force and apparently the official line is that X-Force is out next year. Is X-Force the, is it the younger generation one again or is it the kind of alternative? No, no. It's, the like, X, it's the R-rated version of the X-Men. Yeah. The, the is Gambit going to be in it? That's the question, because he probably no. won't be in it. No, it'll yeah. be, it, it's Cable. The, 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 the concept art is Cable, Domino, Warpath. And Warpath was in Days of Futures Past, wasn't he? He's the name. Yeah. And then the but since past, that's been reset, it might not. That's the thing. I've got a feeling they must have to push that back by a year. But the director, oh, so, like, oh Liefeld, his name is. Scott Liefeld, yeah. Is it Scott? I think it's Scott. Yeah, I think it's Scott. Whoever it is, he said as soon, pretty much as soon as Deadpool started making waves that they, there was now the potential for X-Force to be R-rated. So Deadpool is definitely opening a lot of doors for a lot of people to... Yeah, it will do that. ...make it like this, and it can be it can be hilarious, it can be graphic, but as studios all care about, it can still make a lot of money. Well, yeah, and I mean, I know Kick-Ass was, was very successful, um, but nothing like this. But that didn't really set off a wave, and, and I think this probably has done, to be honest, because, yeah. look, I, it's not, it's always evolving and changing, this kind of genre, but I think this is a, it's a bit of a game changer, and I think it was probably needed. It was needed for maybe, you know, like your, your Green Lanterns and your Fantastic Fours and those kind of not major films um, in this genre um, that needed something a little bit different and a little bit of a, a new approach. And I think it's exactly what cinema really needed, to be honest. Yeah, it, it really did. It's, it's given the comic genre a big shot in the arm. It, it must have given cinema a shot in the arm because I mean if, well ex- execs would probably go no there's no way an R8 film is going to make money yeah, like proper money certainly not that much if you'd said look this film costs 78 million and it's going to make it might do you 250 300 400 you know, yeah, they, no way no, did they think it'd do that kind of no thing. and no nobody way. did I mean I, I thought it was going to be good you thought it was going to be good we didn't think it was going to make that kind of it's made the sort of money that say the Thor films have made and they've spent a considerable amount more money on on those and they were attached to bigger direct I mean the, the first Thor film was Kenneth Branagh wasn't it I think so yeah. yeah so you've got Kenneth Branagh who's got decades of experience and has got an, an incredible amount of pull around Hollywood yeah and yet this is a guy making his his directorial debut you've got some unknown characters some un- lesser known actors and actresses in there and yet it's just, it's destroyed everything. And Tim Miller has actually got a lot of praise 
for not just for the way he's, he's done the film, but for the way he's used the budget. They they took yeah. money off him right at the end for no reason. And I think what he he did something very different with Colossus. He um, they didn't do the the CGI on Colossus until the very very end. In case because they could potentially have gone through, you know, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars rendering him for a scene and then decided that the scene was going to be cut. So they did everything. They got the storyboard nailed down, and then they did him as the last possible thing. And then I think the yeah. la- that one of the other last things they did, they actually went back and they shot the CGI for Deadpool's face because they didn't want to. They were hoping that you'd be able to see his expressions through the mask, but he's delivering his lines, and he's obviously Ryan Reynolds must have been smiling a lot under that mask, <laughs> but it just wasn't coming through. So they just went back and just touched up the eyes and the the mouth just so you could see like these his cheeks raised and a bit and the eyes sort of the bit when he sees Ajax escape and he goes full home alone and he puts his hands on his face the eyes sort of go full he goes sort of cartoon doesn't he where his eyes all yeah, pop he out does. of his head and those little things were done right at the end and yeah I, I can't think of a single thing they could have done better because they, they even managed to turn the negatives into positives by poking fun at themselves like like you guys have said about the lack oh, yeah. of X-Men and the fact that we only ever see two rooms in the mansion. and I, I would rather see them do that than have seen more rooms in the mansion and have had another two X-Men in it because it just adds to oh, the story you're telling. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's been superb. I think it's pretty much perfect. That's, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, I would go along with that as well. The only thing that like you could pick at maybe is... Uh, the ending where they made Deadpool sort of like redeemable and where he gets to go, which from my experience reading yeah. Deadpool for years and years is like Deadpool never gets to go and he's never happy really. So that's like... I think they struggle which... to do that. I think they struggle to do that in the sense that they might not have even known there's going to be a sequel, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. I think they kind of had to end. feel like, yeah, I mean, for an anti-hero film they probably had to put in some kind of ending there, but yeah, yeah, I think they'll still work well with it. But I, I, yeah, that's the difference with comics sometimes and film. I think they just have to bridge the gap a little bit, but it's, yeah. it's no, it's not yeah. a complaint. I mean, in the comics, I'm always rooting for Deadpool, but he's one of those characters where it's like, just when he's happy, like gets a kick in the nuts and then yeah, he goes nuts and kills a bunch of people, which is what he does, I guess. <laughs> so what do you think, Chris, going forward? Do you think they're ever going to turn Vanessa into copycat? <sighs> well, it depends how far they go down this road. I mean, obviously, if like if she becomes copycat, then I don't know if they would be together necessarily. And it depends. Like, I mean, there's so many routes they can do- go down with Cable and the X Force and all these things. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go about that. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm I'm wondering if maybe that could be the split. Maybe something happens. I, I would like them to go down the route of Copycat because I think she's a fascinating character. I think we've talked about yeah. it once before. Anyone that's not familiar with it, you, most people that are listening to this have probably seen Mystique. Mystique copies people and she just looks like them. So there's one, is it in X-Men 1 or 2? She copies Wolverine, but then Wolverine yeah. attacks her claws with his and he cuts them off because they're obviously not made of adamantium. Whereas copycat, when she copies someone, she copies them on a genetic level. So if she appeared as Wolverine, she'd have adamantium claws. She takes on people's powers when she copies them. So she's an incredibly 
gifted. I mean, she, she's got as wide a range as anything. You know, she can be anyone. She can go anywhere. She can do anything. And I would like them to introduce that. But I think, it, like you've just said, it would be more interesting if she has to go out on her own because, say, Deadpool has gone off with X-Force and he's doing some yeah. some Black Ops mission that he's not going to be back from for years and something but has I think, happened uh, to her. Copycat was actually also a member of X-Force. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I'm reading here, she infiltrated the X-Force in the shape of Domino, who is someone I hope they introduce with Cable, because those three are Dynamite. Yeah, I I think I said before, I think Dynamo was... Domino. Sorry, Domino. My bad. I've got verbal diarrhea, as per usual. I think (laughs) think that is one of the characters that's supposed to be, and they've they've only got a small roster for X-Force. But I mean, a lot oh, of it, movie, yeah. a lot of it really just, but in terms of X-Force from the comics, am I right in thinking there's been sort of 30 or 40 different people in there? Oh, yeah, there's been a bunch of them, yeah. So it's, I mean, that's one of those things. I wonder if maybe that could be the, the, the big franchise that takes over from the X-Men. Cause sooner or later, I, I think they'll need something. Them. Yeah. They, they, they've got to retire the X-Men. And I think the prequel trilogy that they've done is, is a good place to end it. I really do think. Uh, I think so. Would they do that though with the new young cast and all this? For me, it sort of seems like they're setting this up for another. But I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose some of the cast. So I think Jennifer Lawrence has said no more after yeah, this. Jennifer Lawrence. Um, is gone. It, I think Nicholas Holt will be too busy to be honest because he's got so much in the pipeline, and I think he probably needs go in a different direction. So we'll we'll see. I mean, a lot of the other ones. I mean, how long can they keep James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, pre trilogy kind of thing? Um, yeah, Fassbender's too big and as well, and McAvoy will have other, other ideas. So I think I think you'll lose those guys because I think they'll have been happy they've done the three films. Yeah. A bit like Bale and Nolan and those kind of guys. And I think it's... We'll see what happens. I, I think X-Men, if they keep pushing it, which they probably will because it's their franchise and they've got the rights yeah. to it, then, you know, hopefully they do go this way and make it a bit more interesting because it, it does feel a bit played out. It does, but yeah. I, I could certainly say that if I had my way, that's what I would do. I would I would wrap up the X Men now, and then I would say, right, it's all about X Force. Push it that way because oh. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't introduce some of those X Men into the X Force. In theory. yeah, definitely, yeah. Like Cyclops was even part of X Force at some point. Yeah, I actually, just thought like maybe if they want to retire, maybe the death of the X Men could be what brings the X Force together, and then they can go that route. Yeah, because that way you've already got the narrative there of well, hang on, the X Men were quite yeah, reserved. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, they weren't willing to go to the the lengths that the X Force yeah. will. You know, they would infiltrate a place and like take people down, but we'll go in and we'll just kill them. So that yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That would be a really interesting angle to take. And then you've just opened the doors to an R-rated film trilogy. Which yeah. Do you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll revisit X-Men after the film in the summer. Oh, we most definitely will. We'll be doing... Yeah. Th- this is something we're hopefully going to try and get into the habit of doing now. We're going to try and get into the 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 review before... Sorry, the, the preview before and then the review after. So we'll try and sort of do previews in the weeks leading up to it. We're going to do a Civil War one in the next couple of weeks because it's out at the end of the month. And then yeah. we'll try sort of four to six weeks after a film to do a, a full post-film um, pod. We, we've got to obviously give everyone time to get there. We know that not everyone can get to the cinema as quickly as we, we'd all like to. I mean, I didn't. Rory even got to see bloody Batman versus Superman before I did, and that's just unheard of. 
And I didn't even want to, <laughs> so it's incredible, yeah. really. Yeah, so I think I think that's a pretty good a good uh, place for us to uh, to wrap up to on wrap. Deadpool. It's been brilliant. This has been probably my most look the, the pod I've most looked forward to since we started a few months back. Yeah, it's and fun. I, I don't think I'm going to look forward to any until we actually get to do a post Civil War one. And I, I'm, I'm yeah, thinking, I think if we can get a Daredevil to review in, I'll be quite happy about that. And if yeah. you ever let me do Scott Pilgrim, then yeah, I'm going to be quite happy about that too. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> this is a joint venture. I am not the the villain that Rory's trying to make me out to be. I'm just very <laughs> plus my skit here. Yeah. Oh, Taskmaster. Oh yeah, of course he is. You have course to make he is. Right my favourite villains. Taskmaster, brilliant. Let's get him on screen. So yeah, in, in the coming weeks we'll do. We, we are we have got plans for a Daredevil season two. We've got to. We we're going to try and revisit the Flash and Arrow when their seasons finish. We're going to do a Civil War preview and a review as well. Uh, we're also going to be doing a Batman versus Superman one very soon. If I remember rightly, we're doing that in the next couple of weeks, are we? Yeah, maybe three weeks. Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a kind of introductory guide to comic book readers, yeah. which is going to be brilliant. Rory had a brilliant idea about this. What we're going to do is we're going to get three experts in. We're going one for DC, one for Marvel, and then our good friend Marco is coming back to school us again about The Walking Dead and make us feel all stupid and inferior. Although he's very proud of me because I finally started reading the comics. And we're going to actually try and set people up with a list of recommended reads for those three different avenues. So uh, some characters that you might want to start out with, some really big storylines and arcs that you might want to get your teeth into. Hopefully it's the kind of thing we can maybe do a few of them a year if, if there's enough demand, you know, if it's, if it's well received. But as we always say, we have got just a bottomless pit of material in front of us. As long as you want to keep listening... We're going nowhere. We're going absolutely nowhere. I've moved now, so my internet's not going to get cut off again as long as you keep paying your <laughs> bill and I don't get sacked. So, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant, everyone, and massive thanks, as always, to Chris for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Love being on. It was a great, great show, and uh, I hope to be back on soon. Yeah, I'm sure you will, my friend. I'm sure you will. And anything you'd like to add, Rory? Anything you'd like to pimp out slash promote slash whore? No, I've not been not been just just promoting ourselves a little bit. Still, I think the Twitter page is good with some really good kind of discussion and banter on Twitter, which is really nice. And you're pushing the Facebook avenue, and then there's a bit of writing on our Tumblr page as well. Um, you did some good writing on on the flash and, and on uh, arrow and those kind of things, which is really good to read. And, and um, I, yeah. I, did, I did one on Batman versus Superman as well. You did, you did, you did. Um, I did a Deadpool review, which, which I, I'm really fantastic. quite proud of. And I will be doing stuff on civil war once I've seen it, because yeah, I have to. We will. So uh, as we always finish with, we're AI comic pod on Twitter. We're AI comic pod on Facebook or facebook.com slash AI comic pod. And our recently opened aicomicpod.tumblr.com. That's where we're going to be doing more of our writing. Basically, as and when the, the moment takes us, really. Uh, so please do stick with us. Keep on talking to us. We absolutely love the engagement we're getting. And thank you, everyone, for all the positive feedback you've been giving us. It is beyond flattering. And, yeah, uh, we'll be back very shortly with another one for you. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.